Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. I'm here in an undisclosed location out here in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, out here speaking at a Marion conference. In fact, Terry, yeah. the good work that you started in California, yeah. it's it's bearing fruit all over the country. And I'll mm. tell you why. Mm. Uh, this is a conference that's being hosted by uh, former employees of yours, Rolando and Ramona oh, Rosales, good. Good. that worked with you for many years. Awesome. And they're out here. They, I think they've been doing this conference, I don't know how many years now, and uh, it's very successful. Awesome. It's Yeah. You got Father Mitch Pac was here, Father Bill Casey's here, uh, Monsignor Rossetti, uh, <laughs> myself. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they got a cadre of very solid people here. Yeah. So again, uh, it's... Uh, Jesus. And and they say, hey, it was it wasn't for us being trained by uh by St. Joseph's Communications, we wouldn't be bearing good fruit out here. So yep. well, Jess, that's great. Well, today you picked some good topics. We've got moral theologians uh, with Benedict the Sixteenth calling gender ideology the ultimate rebellion against God. And the particular professor, I knew him forty years ago, and he's a wonderful man. We'll talk about that. Also, this is a remarkable interview with Steve Bannon. And I love it, lay people. You know what he's doing? He's doing what our church should be, calling us faithful Christians to get involved in the fight against evil. Just that's what you do all the time. Amen. But Steve Bannon, very devout Catholic. We're going to, you know, he's a former Trump advisor and the current War Room host. He joined uh, John Henry Weston, and it's a fascinating interview. We're going to get into that. Also, Taylor Marshall, as everybody heard, he's going to be running for the president of the United States. He's made some bold statements. Murder is murder when it comes to abortion. I want a complete ban on abortion. He also said on divorce and other moral issues. Uh, it's. I think he's going to make a lot of us cringe and say, well, this is unbelievable. Yeah, it's true, though, what he's saying. Also, Jesse, on the, for, for the good to know file, California backs down on forcing doctors to participate in assisted suicide in a pro-life victory. Praise God. You remember, Jesse, a couple years ago when President Trump, uh, God bless him, what he did is he put a conscience clause in for employees. So if you don't want to kill unborn babies, you shouldn't be forced to do that. And uh, just to make a good to know file, the President Biden was talking about reversing that so that he would force all of us uh, in the medical profession to participate in killing the innocent life of babies. And uh, I hope he doesn't do that. But, you know, that's what you get when you vote for Biden. You get the culture of death. So, Jess, what about you? Need to know, file anything you got? Yeah, Terry. Uh, just uh, the, there's a big old fiasco happening in your neck of the woods with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about that. We've been. Yeah. Yeah. So the Dodgers were going to invite the Sisters of Perpetual Which they aren't sisters. They're just, you know, calling themselves or, that. I mean, they, they're a bunch of homosexuals. Exactly. They're a bunch of, uh, th yeah, they're a bunch of secular humanist homosexuals. Right. They're not nuns. No. They're not a religious order. Yeah. It's mockery. It's mimicking. It's, it's, you can't it's even it's describe what the they do faith. on the radio. You can't. Uh, yeah. it's uh, They're very, very filthy, very yep. nasty people. Nasty. So the, the Dodgers invited them. Well, thanks be to God, because of Catholic vote and other organizations, there was a hue and cry. Good. And the L.A. Dodgers, their corporate offices, got peppered with phone calls and letters and emails. So they backed off and disinvited these homosexuals who call themselves the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Look at the, look at the name. It, perpetual Indulgence. Okay. Yeah. They're mocking yeah. Catholicism. Even their name mocks us. Yes. And so the L.A. Dodgers disinvited them. 
but but the LA Dodgers felt the Bud Light treatment. Uh, people are just sick and tired of it, Terry. They're just get they're they're fed up with these woke leftists, which are a minority in our culture, uh, going after the moral majority of the country. Can, can, yeah. And uh, so the the Dodgers that they did the right thing by disinviting them. But but unfortunately, to me, I think just all dollars and cents. Had nobody called up, had there not been any outrage, the Dodgers would have had no problem insulting the Catholic faith in their stadium using these uh, homosexuals that call themselves nuns. I'm, I think it's because of the almighty dollar, the corporate dollar, that's why they backed down. I'm looking for the phone number Ed Visner sent us, Jesse. Do you have it handy there? I looked in his email. Uh, we'll get it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get it, it to them, them the today. Time. Yeah, okay. Continue, yeah. please. Yeah, so that's uh, just good for all the Catholics that called up and emailed and gave the Dodgers a, a piece of their mind. Uh, they back down. But these are the fights that we're going to have to continue, Terry, until the second coming of Christ. Amen. Anything else, Jesse? That's it, Terry. Let's get some soul food in our soul, brother. Yeah, I want to do the first reading because it has something that speaks to all of us very oh, powerfully. Yeah. First reading. Mm -hmm. Acts chapter 18. The first two sentences, It's it's this is, says everything to us. Yeah. Okay. One night while Paul was in Corinth, that was the port city, by the way, in Greece. That was like it was like the first century Las Vegas. Okay, mm -hmm. the Lord said to him in a vision, "Do not be afraid. Go on speaking and do not be silent, for I am with you. No one will attack and harm you, for I have many people in this city." Mm. He settled there for a year and a half and taught the word of God among them. But when Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews rose up together against Paul and brought him to the tribunal, saying. This man is inducing people to worship God, contrary to the law. When Paul was about to reply, Gallio spoke to the Jews. If it were a matter of some crime or malicious fraud, I should with reason hear the complaints of you Jews. But since it is a question of arguments over doctrine and titles and your, and your own law, see to it yourselves. I do not wish to be a judge of such matters. And he drove them away from the tribunal. They all seized Sosthenes the synagogue official, and beat him in full view of the tribunal. Wow. But none of this was of concern was, was of concern to Gallio. Paul remained for quite some time, and after saying farewell to the brothers, he sailed for Syria together with Priscilla and Aquila. At Kencray, he had shaved his head because he had taken a vow, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The most important thing I want to say here to, to everybody that's involved in some apostolic work mm -hmm. Pro-life, evangelization, apologetics, you're afraid, doing conferences like Ramon and Rolando, uh, doing a, a radio network like Terry Barber, people that are running the, uh, the Sacred Heart Chapel, sometimes you're afraid, oh no, the government, oh no, the, the secular humanists, oh no, oh no. Remember this, these two phrases from for, what that it says here, the Lord said to him in a vision, like he said to Ramon and Rolando in a vision, mm. and prior to Jess Romero in my dream, do not be afraid, go on speaking, and do not be silent, for I am with you. No one will attack you and harm you, for I have many people in the city. All of us that are involved in apostolic work, these are. this is a reminder that God is speaking to us through his word today mm. and telling us to keep on doing what we're doing, keep on speaking, do not be silent. Nobody's going to attack and harm us. God's going to make sure of that because God has many people in the city that are his followers as well. So these two verses of today's first reading, Terry, speak volumes to my heart, your heart, and Absolutely. everybody involved in apostolic work. I've heard Bishop Sheen preach on that particular reading, and it's just awesome. I can still hear him speaking. Yeah. All right, Jess, let's bring the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. 
Yeah, see, he's going to talk about guilt, and you've said exactly the same thing that Fulton Sheen said 60 years ago. He said about mm-hmm. guilt, what is driving people to sleeping tablets is to some extent driving them to the psychoanalytical couches. They are in flight from what is distasteful and what cannot be blotted out. And most often, it is a unrequited guilt. He points out these sad facts mm. to remind these who are full of fears and anxieties. Anybody fear, full of fear and anxieties in our culture? Yep. And there's another remedy besides sleeping tablets or just prescription drugs. And that is consciously confronting our guilt and asking pardon of God. Another way is to live right so we won't have to try to forget. Jess, I want to give a little commentary. We got a couple minutes. What did, did you, you see? You, you've been preaching this, what Sheen just said, that, you know, what is it, 30, 40% of America's on prescription drugs right now, Jess? On, they're high. They're, drink, they're, they're smoking dope, and they don't want to deal with reality. Your thoughts? That's exactly You just said it, Terry. America's become a medicated culture. Yeah. And and if if you're if you're living perpetually intoxicated, guess what? It destroys the seeds of faith. That is impossible for the your Catholic faith or even some Protestant Christian denomination religion that you've been uh, taught as a young kid about Jesus being the Son of God and being our Lord and Savior. All those seeds, all those things, Terry, are destroyed with a life of intoxication and a life of inebriation. And that's the way because the Bible calls us to live a life of sobriety. Will never reach holiness. Father Don Calloway says this. He said it. Yep. He says in his lectures, he goes, yep. It's impossible to reach holiness without first embracing sobriety. And he knows that he's a former drug addict. Right. Uh, and, and he says, There's just not a chance that I would have ever, ever even entertained a divine revelation had I not chosen to start uh, living a life of sobriety. So once again, this is the way the devil. And by the way, Fulton Sheen also told us back in the 70s yeah. that the demon of intoxication. Yes. Uh, is is called the demon of his name is called Bacchus B A C H U S, who we rebuke, renounce, and reject in Jesus' name. Uh, Fulton Sheen said he's the demon of intoxication wow. unleashed upon America, and that's what we're dealing with today, Terry. We have the we have the return of these Old Testament demon gods. They're here today. Remember, because a demon or an angel, they can't die. They're pure spirits. They live forever, yeah. and so these demon gods, uh, they're they're alive and well. And, and they're prowling around like a roaring lion in the 21st century. Yep. When we come back from the break, Jess, this gender ideology, the ultimate rebellion against God. Whose quote is that? Benedict the mm-hmm. 16th. He's speaking from the grave. He predicted a lot of this, Jesse, back 20, uh, let's see, would be 10 or 11 years ago in 2012. This is incredible. And let's talk about that with a great moral theologian. Uh, we got one that's really, really good here that uh, John Haas, he was working with the Vatican with Benedict, and boy, we got a private conversation we're going to bring up with him and Benedict XVI. You won't want to miss. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back, Jess Romero. He's on the road preaching the Word of God in St. Louis. If you're there, go see him. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Hit it, Jesse Romero. Welcome back, brother. You got it, Terry. Hey, hey Jess, you know what? I just got to say something, bro. I don't know, folks, anybody, uh, and I know a lot of people in Catholic apostolic work who has been running around the country 
and also doing several radio shows a day. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're gonna you're gonna burn out and rust out, bro. But I think that's pretty much how you want to go. And trying to write books at the same time. Yeah, and trying to write books at the same time. So just keep doing it. Let's let's get into this topic though about gender ideology. It's a really important topic right now. Yes, uh, the great moral theologian from Front Royal Virginia, Doctor John Haas. Good man. And a former member of the Pontifical Academy for Life, but he's uh, uh, no longer a member under Pope Francis. Yeah, because I'll be honest with you, because he was a believer in orthodoxy. And this is, again, Jesse, I don't want to get sidetracked, but I always ask the Holy Father, excuse me, I would love to know, why do you fire these orthodox theologians <laughs> and put in people who are dissenters? It's just a question. Canon 212, I'm, I'm asking my pastor, <laughs> the pastor, why do you do that? It can, because it's... It's not confirming us in our faith. It's diluting the faith. Continue, Jess. That's right. So Dr. Haas revealed in a May 13th commencement speech given at Christendom College that in 2014, then-retired Pope Benedict XVI told him in a private conversation in the Vatican that, quote, the next great challenge the church is going to face is gender ideology. He's, he's right. And it will be the ultimate rebellion against God, the creator, close quote. More. So, yeah. Yeah. Dr. Haas speaking to the 114 graduates of Christendom College in Front Royal, Virginia. Dr. Haas admitted that he was surprised by Pope Benedict's unsolicited comment and added that he now sees Benedict was prophetic. Amen. We have been hit with a tsunami of transgender ideology. As an example, the former president of the National Bioethics Center mentioned that, quote, Catholic healthcare institutions are being sued because... They refuse to perform mutilating surgeries on men who want to be surgically altered to look like women or women who want to appear as men. Catholic academic institutions are also being sued and attacked as they simply try to continue to give witness to the truth of their, to their, of their students being either male or female. Close is this quote. microphone on? Is this re- See, this is that conscience clause that Biden's trying to get rid of what, what Trump put in. We've got to be able to... Uh, say no to immoral actions, and that's what's going on here. Well, I hope I hope Margie uh, Taylor Green uh, is that we're able to p- impeach Biden. I hope uh, so. They're 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 introducing impeachment papers. He shouldn't. Imp- so let me go back to Dr. Haas received on this occasion from Christendom College the Saint Thomas More Medal for the defense of the faith and Holy that's Mother good. Church. Well, well done. In his last Christmas address to the Roman Curia. Mm-hmm. As acting pope in 2012, Benedict XVI himself had elaborated on the dangers of the gender theory, referring to the famous quote of the French author Simone de Beauvier, who was a female philosopher, atheist, and a social feminist activist. She said this, Simone de Beauvier said, quote, one is not born a woman, one becomes so. It's my truth. I get it. No, there's no your truth. It's Jesus. There's only one truth. Go ahead. The Pope then explained that these words from this feminist lay the foundation for what is put forward today under the term gender as a new philosophy of sexuality. So again, like you always said, bad philosophy leads to bad theology. Exactly. Or or in this case, bad anthropology. Anthropology. And you know, Jess, this is the world we're living in. But it all comes from bad philosophy. It does. Exactly. Continue, Jess. Further expounding yeah. on this destructive theory, the pontiff went on to say, quote, according to this philosophy, 
Sex is no longer given an element of nature that man has to accept and personally make sense of, of it is a social role that we choose for ourselves. While in the past, it was chosen for us by society, close quote. For him, the profound falsehood of this theory and of the anthropological revolution contained within it. He's leaving God out. Yes. Yes. He's leaving God out of the picture. Pope Benedict then reminded his audience of the biblical creation account according to which being created by God as male and female pertains to the essence of the human na- of, of the human creature this duality is an essential aspect of what being of, of what being human is all about as ordained by God wow well Terry here's my here's my comment Tell me, Jess. the problems that we're facing it comes from it started with Protestantism and then enlightenment thinkers what do I mean by that Protestantism, taught us to question and reject the authority of the Catholic Church, right. which was started by our Lord Jesus Christ. And then the Enlightenment thinkers, the secular humanist Enlightenment thinkers 200 years ago, taught us to question and reject the supernatural and, 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 and the order that God has designed. Mm-hmm. So the end result is that we have a disordered, godless, secular humanist society that, again, the, the, what laid the foundation for this was Protestantism and the Enlightenment. And Jesse, I'll add to that. You, well said. I'll tell you what has influenced this transgenderism also is the lack of understanding of the conjugal love between a husband and a wife. See, what we did is we started separating uh, intimacy of a husband and wife to become recreational and non-productive in the sense we don't want to have babies. So what we ended up doing is taking a God-given gift of our sexuality and abusing it. And when you abuse it, then you say, well, look, if we don't have to have children, we, don't, we, don't have to, we can have sex with anything we want, well, then uh, why can't I decide what sex? I mean, it just goes on and on, and it dilutes what God has created. And we're in a situation right now where man is trying to act like God in all these areas, and that's the problem I see. Yep, we've, uh, we've disconnected. Yeah. The unitive and the procreative aspect of sexual intimacy, we've now separated them. That's right. And so when you separate them, we have all these sexual disorders that have been coming down the pike since the 60s. The article says this new concept has very destructive consequences for the family, the late Pope explained. If there's no preordained duality of man and woman in creation, then neither is the family any longer a real a reality established by creation. That makes sense. Likewise, the child the child has lost the place he had occupied hitherto and the dignity pertaining to him. In summary, the rejection of God as creator leads to the loss of the human dignity. The defense of the family is about man himself, according to the Pope, and it becomes clear that when God is denied, human dignity also disappears. Whoever defends God is defending man. Terry, you want to pick it up from there? Yeah, I just, I, I'm only going to say this, Jesse. I'm, uh, the, this idea that when we, re- you know, we call it the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I, when it's all about me, then I'm going to do whatever pleases me, whatever pleasure I have. Uh, I love what he says. In summary, the rejection of God as creator it leads to a loss of human dignity. The defense of the family is about man himself, according to the Pope. And it becomes clear that when God is denied, here comes human dignity also disappears. Whenever 
whoever defends God is defending man. I'm just going to throw something in. Jesse, do you know back in World War II in the Nazi concentration camps, and we said, how could people do that? I'm convinced that if we get into totalitarianism, which I believe the country is going in that direction, we're going to make, they're going to do things that are far worse than what the Nazis did to many German, many of the um, Jews and Catholics alike, because I think we've gotten that far away. Now, only a few months after Christmas, you know, in February 2013, Pope Benedict resigned. Now, to return to Dr. Haas's own uh, commencement address on the topic of transgenderism, he's a moral theologian, and I love it, man. He's a father of nine children. He quoted the Second Vatican Council's pastoral constitution, when the creator is forgotten, the creature itself grows unintelligible. Just that says it all. We are, you know what? Sin makes us stupid and we're very stupid right now. Yeah. Uh, in, in our day, uh, it, it, the article says, in our day, the creator has been forgotten and we now live in a world which is simply unintelligible. We no longer know what a man is or what a woman is. We no longer know what marriage is, what a family is. We no longer know what such concrete realities are. How will we possibly be able to conceive the abstract realities such as justice, fortitude, or charity when the creator is forgotten, the go. creature itself becomes unintelligible. Dr. Haas is called the graduates of Christendom College. And us too. To, yeah, to oppose this evil generation, right. and not only that, but also to help build a new Christianity. That's right. Quoting from St. Peter in the book of Acts, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. <laughs> That's a great line. Dr. Haas has told the young graduates, I call on you to heed the apostles' call, but to extend it. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation so that in the years to come, you can work to save this corrupt generation. Uh, well, well said. All I can say, Terry, is that... It's uh, marching orders. Yeah, this is our Esther moment right here. Yes, it is. We, we, were, we were all destined for such a time and born for such a time as this. We have to rise to the occasion. We have to raise our voices. We can't back down to the woke left. Yeah. We've got to fight them with the, with the, with the weapons of truth and prayer. And, uh, and, and again... Uh, this is madness. Yeah. The woke left, they don't follow science. They don't follow reason. No. They don't follow natural law. No. They follow their passions. They follow their emotions. Uh, and, and we need, Terry, a bunch of us to rise up and, and, and be like that, little, that, like that little boy that told the emperor, no emperor, clothes. you have no clothes. That's right. Everybody's afraid to say the emperor has no clothes That's when right. the emperor is walking around naked in, in the middle of the street. And people are afraid to criticize uh, you know, some something or someone because it goes against the woke culture and the woke narrative. We're in power right now. We've got to be like that little kid, speak like with the faith of a child, and say, "Emperor, you got no clothes. This is wrong." Amen. You know, I like what he saw. Also ties it into abortion, same-sex marriage, physician-assisted suicide, transgender ideology, all of which are attacks on what the very image of God. Could the world in which you are entering as a college graduate be more disordered and confused? He asked. Jesse, I feel somewhat sorry for my young grandchildren, the world they're going to be coming into, because it wasn't that way when I was a kid. So he says, no. your task will be to help reorder the world, he continued. It will be your task to work to bring it once more into alignment with what? With God, who created mm. it. Such a forging of new Christian society, he expounded, will be no easy task, and it will require, yeah, sacrifice, right, right, the enduring of social opprobrium, be perhaps even martyrdom in some fashion or another. I happen to agree 100% with Dr. Haas on that. Yes. Yeah. Good man. Terry, 
America right now. Wake up. Yeah, America's diabolically disoriented. Exactly. Because the woke left uh, New World Order, they've manufactured a mass psychosis. Mm. And without America returning back to God and national repentance, individual repentance, sanity will not return back to this insane world of ours. That's right. Our country is experiencing a psychosis, a severe mental disorder in which thoughts and emotions are so impaired that most Americans have lost contact with re- with reality, with external reality. And uh, and the fact is, God bless the uh, the American College of Pedi- Pediatricians. They uh, they've stated that the public promotion of transgenderism constitutes a form of child abuse. Amen. Good for you, pediatricians. You got They're it. Calling it what it is. Transgenderism is a form of child abuse. And people of faith, we got to pose this with maximum determination. And our next topic is going to follow right on topic. Steve Bannon calls faithful Christians to get involved in the fight against evil. And transgenderism is evil. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. I want to encourage people to go to that war room, Steve Bannon, on a regular basis. I know some people say he's a little crazy or extreme, but you know what, Jess? The more I listen to Steve Bannon, and especially I love this interview he did with John Henry Weston. He got into his own Catholic faith and how he was brought up in a traditional Irish Catholic family. They were formed well in the faith and, uh, I just think that what he's doing and challenging all of us to get more involved in politics and in the fight against evil, uh, yeah, I think he's spot on. But let's get into that article, well, Jess. Well, Terry, uh, I'm going to disclose some truth. Uh, does Anita and myself, we listen to Steve Bannon every day. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. You've met him. Didn't you meet him in Yeah, in I, I met him before. We, 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 consider part, we consider ourselves, the Romeros, we're part of the War Room Posse. Posse. Oh, yeah. great. So. Yeah, and uh, and and I'm starting to network with him now, Good. so it, uh, we'll, we'll we'll be collaborating more and more. Excellent. And I'll bring me I'll be bringing him on to VM Perfect. PR. I hope uh, so. Yeah, yeah, Terry. So Steve Bannon, he's calling on all faithful Christians. Yeah. To get involved in the fight against evil. Yeah. Uh, he's calling all faithful Christians to actively defend their families and communities from the pernicious evils afflicting the West. Boy, saying he thinks that we'll be as as it says in the Bible, weighed and measured at the end based on how we responded. I like what he just said there, Terry, because he, he just he quoted Daniel chapter five, verse 27, where the Bible says it says prophetically, God says, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting, close quote. This means that God is weighing our behavior, our character, our conduct, our faith, our motives in the balances of his justice. And it's going to be a fearful thing to be pronounced wanting at the, at the judgment seat of Christ. If you're found wanting, that means you're found in mortal sin. You're done. You're cooked. Your goose is cooked. If you're found, if if you're found uh, with mercy in the scales of, of, of God at the judgment seat of Christ, if you die in a state of grace, that means you're going to receive God's mercy. So, a dinner that was hosted by Steve Bannon in honor of Bishop Athanasius Schneider 
Steve Bannon envisioned it as a sort of spiritual war council where they would be a give and take between Bishop Schneider and attendees about the current spiritual war and how we should engage it. Steve Bannon was raised in a deeply Catholic environment himself, and he said people of faith have got to get involved politically. Amen. He says, politics is not pleasant. Mm -hmm. It's oftentimes not fun. It's very nitty gritty and grubby, he said, and you're going to have a lot of grease underneath your fingernails, and there's a lot of things in politics that are going to offend you as a Christian and as a Catholic. But I think you have to make that sacrifice in order for us to, in a democratic society, come to grips with what's going on. Steve Bannon said he believes that the United States is in the midst of a unique time in its history yep. where we're going to determine whether what was bequeathed to us is what we pass down or whether it can be something radically different. Namely, he cites the possibility that artificial intelligence and transhumanism could upend human experience in a fundamental way through the singularity that is the self-awareness of AI, artificial intelligence. In Switzerland, Steve Bannon said, they ran a test to see if AI this is incredible. Could, recombine, yep. could recombine proteins to make biological weapons. In a matter of minutes, AI created 47,000 new combinations of potential biological weapons, Steve Bannon said. And he, he goes on to say, my point and what these guys know is that artificial intelligence and artificial general intelligence can start to actually program itself, close quote. He says, we're living in times, people could say, hey, these are the end times. I don't know, Steve says. Nobody knows, but what I know is that man has created by his own hand weapons of science and technology that can make nuclear weapons, which could destroy the world easily between the biological weapons, artificial intelligence, chemical weapons, things have been created. We have the instrumentality to destroy life many times over. And so what is your calling to stop that close quote? Wow. Terry, uh, that's powerful. He, he's uh Steve Bannon is, is, is he's got his, his feet in the Catholic faith, but also his feet in politics. Oh yeah. And so his, his political worldview is informed by his Catholic faith. That's what, that's why I like hearing him yeah. is because we track in the same direction. We, we draw from the same sources. Sure. Our, our political thought is formed by our Catholic faith in the word of God. And Jesse, what I like about this is it's firing people up to say, get involved. And, and again, we've always said it's a two-prong approach. You need deep spirituality to go out and evangelize, to go out. Anybody who's going to get involved with uh, politics, I would say you better be doing it in the state of grace. Because if you don't, you're going to fall because of the pressures of politics. So this is something that we need to get involved, whether it's the school board or it's the local elections uh, for your city. Whatever it is, we've got to have a voice because what's happened, Jesse, is we've been so busy raising our kids, and I get that. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they, the liberals don't have kids. Guess what? No. They no. have full-time in their own little uh, work of trying to undermine the morality of our country. So I just think that especially... 
the and I say this, the older gentlemen and people that are retired, don't go golfing. Get involved in apostolic work. Get involved into your community politics so that you make a big impression that you're not going to let this stuff that's very sinful and offensive to God to go on your watch. That's how I see it, Jess. And we have to do it for, for the next Dude. generation, Terry. Yeah. We can't be selfish and say, well, I got nothing to worry about. I got, I'm short timing. I got yeah. less than 20 years. No, we can't be like that. We got to, uh, America is worth fighting for. That's right. Uh, one nation under God. And the Catholic church is definitely worth fighting for because it's the one true religion started by Jesus Christ. And what we want to bequeath to our, to our children, to our offspring, to our grandkids, is the, the fullness of the Catholic faith and also a, a, a country where freedom and liberty is respected. But I will tell you, Terry, all this talk about artificial intelligence, yeah. uh, nuclear weapons, yeah. and the fact that uh, that AI can make, what did it say? It, it, it came 48,000 different types yeah, of yeah. new combinations yeah. of potential nuclear weapons in, in a few minutes. Right, okay? right. This reminds me, there's a verse in the book of Daniel, chapter 12, verse 4, that talks about something that will happen towards the, towards the end of the world. And what's going to happen towards the end of the world, I'm going to read the quote to you, is there's going to be an increase in knowledge. Let me read to you what Daniel says, and I'll, then I'll our, explain it to you. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, it says, it says, but you, Daniel... Shut up the words and seal the book until the end of until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Wow. Close. Okay, so this is chapter twelve is an eschatological chapter where it's talking about the end of the world, the last days. So Daniel the prophet is stating that in the last days, knowledge upon the earth is going to increase. Now, do you realize that in the last 150 years, knowledge through technology has exploded and we've entered now what's called the age of information? I think the latest figures that I read is that we're doubling the information that we know from technology every six months or something like that. Wow. Just wow. just just look at how fast, Terry, you went from cassette tapes yeah. <laughs> then you went you went into uh, albums cassette tapes then you went into DVDs and VCRs yeah. and now you're replacing all, all that with just the, uh, yeah. you know uh, the internet just yeah. uh, just yeah. live broadcasts and and and, and podcasts that are, are pre-recorded look at look at how fast computers and cell phones are being made better every single six months. And today, your cell phone is on the cutting edge. A year from now, your cell phone could be a paperweight. If you don't believe me, <laughs> uh, you know, just walk into a, walk into one of your Apple stores and see how fast your your cell phone becomes irrelevant. Also, Terry, Hollywood has made a lot of movies that already deal with this. The way the technology is going to destroy the human race. Right. There's, I'll give you a couple of movies that warn us about what's happening happening right now. Star Wars in 1977. Another movie called I, Robot by Will Smith in 2004. Another very famous movie called The Matrix in 1999. It was a sci-fi action film with a lot of A-list actors. Then you have another movie actually called AI, Artificial Intelligence. That was released in 2001. That's an, an American science fiction drama film directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, 
uh, about robots taking over the world. So there's been there's been dozens of these Hollywood movies depicting robots taking over the world. Uh, do do you think they're not like warning us, like, uh, hey, uh, watch out because this is our next move? In, in fact, Terry, mm -hmm. uh, on the internet, I, I saw an article that there are many countries that are making soldier robots. You can watch them on the internet. There are countries that are going to say, we're not going to use human beings no more. We're going to make soldier robots. I've also seen uh, uh, what I saw this on, on Laura Ingram's show on, on radio, on her, on her radio program. Uh, she talks about robot technology and she was showing the way in many countries they're going to start they're making female robots to replace women for marriage. They're, they're purely with robots that look exactly like a woman and feel like a woman. It's purely sexual desire right. without babies, without bonding, without, you know, uh, so they want certain countries want to replace women with robots because they're saying we don't need any more babies. We have enough babies because these secular humanists, Terry, that are into technology, they don't care about the soul. They don't believe in no. the immortality of the soul. Me, myself, and I. And hey, Jesse, when we come back, talk about that. Murder is murder. Taylor Marshall calls for complete ban on abortion and also divorce and other issues of moral teaching. We'll talk about that and much more on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jess, you're in St. Louis. How can people still uh, hear, if they're in, they have relatives or friends in the St. Louis area, how can they uh, see you this weekend and say hi to you? How can they do yes, that? Yes, it's a Marion Conference. I'm here in St. Louis, Missouri. It's... it's uh, it's at the Renaissance Hotel. There's uh, well over a thousand people here already right now. Excellent. Uh, Catholics are hungry, Terry, to get together and to encourage one another, to pray together, to encourage each other in the Word of God and in Catholic teaching. So, uh, I'm seeing I'm seeing conferences all over the country. Uh, there's there's larger numbers. People are coming back because they're just sick and tired of the lockdowns. Oh yeah. Well, let's get into uh, Dr. Taylor Marshall running to become the president of the United States and. He has some strong statements. Murder is murder. He says he calls for a complete ban on the killing of innocent life through abortion. Yep. Catholic commentator. He's also a friend of ours. Presidential candidate Taylor Marshall said that the only meaningful and consistent position on the sanctity of human life is a total ban on abortion from conception through birth. Taylor Marshall made the comments in response to President Donald Trump criticizing Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for signing a six-week abortion ban bill. Trump claimed that many people within the pro-life movement thought the law was too harsh. He says, uh, Taylor says, as I run for president of the United States in 2024, I suggest that the only meaningful and consistent position on the sanctity of human life is a total ban on abortion from conception through birth, Marshall tweeted. He says, murder is murder. Who agrees? Close quote. Uh, Marshall he has to do what he has to do. Uh, uh, Donald Trump told the messenger on Monday the following quote. He has to do what he has to do, I guess referring to Ron DeSantis. He yeah. says, 
But if you, if you look at what DeSantis did, a lot of people don't even know if he knew what he was doing. But he signed six weeks, and many people within the pro-life movement feel that that was too harsh, close quote. The former president has not committed to a position on a federal abortion ban. Asked on April 27th about a proposed federal ban on abortion at 15 weeks, Trump said the following, quote, we're going to look at it. We're looking at a lot of different options. We've got it back to the states. We did the Roe versus Wade thing, which they've been trying to, to get it done for 50 years. I got it done, he said. I appointed incredible justices and judges all over, 300 federal judges and three justices, and I was able to do, to do things that nobody else was able to do. And we'll get something done where everyone is going to be very satisfied. I believe that, close quote. According to the CDC, around 93% of abortions in the U.S. are committed on babies during the first trimester of pregnancy, mm -hmm. meaning a national ban on abortions at the 15-week mark would only stop a small percentage of abortions. Taylor Marshall confirmed in his interview with John Henry that he, Weston that he is serious about running for president. He has yet to file paperwork with the Federal Elections Commission. However, He's also served on the board of Catholics for Trump in 2020. Yeah, we served together. And he delivered the opening prayer at a Trump campaign rally near Pittsburgh in October of that year. I've opened up at a couple of Trump rally campaigns also in Arizona. Mm -hmm. uh, the Catholic commentator also said on Monday that he wants to see biblical marriage restored. He said, as I run for the president of the United States, I am placing on my platform the definition of matrimony as, as one man and woman. One woman united by vows until death do us part. Marshall tweeted the following. Yes, Terry, I, I just, uh, yeah, I got a comment. I'm going to say, yeah, it's, I'm glad he's bringing these issues up. I really am. I want to just remind everybody this principle in Catholic moral theology it applies to elections. There's no perfect um, candidate. Blessed Mother's not running. Jesus isn't running. St. Joseph isn't running. So what we have to do... And this is the principle that Monsignor William Smith taught me years ago. Give it, us his bio. Tell who was Monsignor, well, Monsignor William, William Smith was the professor of Dunwoody Seminary in New York. He was Cardinal O'Connor's personal moral theologian. He was always on the television defending the moral teachings of the church on all the secular papers and newspapers and radio and TV. So he was very well known. But he always said... When you vote, look who's going to bring the football. I'll use the analogy football yeah. to a closer as a foot as a first down or a, even not a touchdown. But who's moving the football closer to our goal? So I would love to see all abortions banned, but I don't think at this point anybody who can possibly be the president of the United States is saying that. So what do I do? I pick the person who says, "Oh, six weeks—that's closer than uh, you know nine months." Who's killing babies? So the point I'm trying to say is use this principle that Monsignor Ruin Smith taught me. Look who's going to move the football closer to a first down. And that way we don't uh, say, oh, well, I can't vote for him because he's not perfect. Well, none of these guys are perfect, including Dr. Marshall. We're all affected by original sin. So that's yeah. my point on the Dr. Mar and I think what Dr. Marshall is going to do is bring these topics up, Jesse, to the other politicians and, you know, I mean, there's I got I looked it up. Seven hundred and seventy seven people have filed to run for the presidency in the 24 election. Wow. Now, obviously, not, not you know, very few have a chance. Yeah. 
Yeah. Let's just be honest. Exactly. But bringing up these issues, I commend him for that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that, that's that's my position too, Terry. Uh, here, Taylor Marshall espouses the Catholic position. 100%. Yeah, which is zero tolerance of abortion, which is which is the intentional murder of an innocent pre-born human being. That's our position as yep. well, Terry and mine, right. and any practicing Catholic. But the only way we would have a society that would ban abortion all nine months with no exceptions would be if we had a Catholic president and all the citizens were practicing Catholics yeah. that believed and promoted and accepted the social kingship of Jesus Christ. Right. That's the only way we, we, we'd have to have a real Catholic president, not a fake Catholic president. And all the 330 million Americans would have to be practicing Catholics. And all of us would be clamoring to have the social kingship of Christ. Here's the problem, Terry. Go ahead, Jess. Most Americans are Protestants. Okay. This is a Protestant country. Actually, most Protestant, most Protestants and Catholics in this country are really our secular humanists. Yeah. Of the 70 million Catholics in this country, guess what, Terry? Most Catholics are not even pro-life. It's a fact, unfortunately. The majority of, yeah. The majority of Catholics are pro-abortion, according to studies. Yep. So th this is why the country is divided on this issue, and it's going to be divided on this issue until the second coming of Christ. Now— when Christ comes back, all these all these these staunch pro-abortion Americans, guess what? If they don't if they don't repent, they're going to be judged to be in mortal sin and go straight to hell. That's right. Now, talking about back to earth, Donald Trump, he did in my book, he did a yeoman's job yeah. as a president by giving that. us by giving us three good Supreme Court justices. Wouldn't it happen over, without him? Over Wade, yeah. Now we're fighting state by state because it's been it's been kicked back to the states. Okay. So now it's a, it's a hand to hand combat. Yep. And Trump did the pro life movement a big favor by abolishing abortion by the highest court in the land and taking it out of the federal government and letting the states fight this individually. Hmm. So if our bishops would get behind the pro life movement, like they've gotten behind. Uh, the illegal the illegal immigration issue, we would steamroll the leftist culture of death. But I don't know. Don't hold your breath for that to happen anytime soon. Now, Taylor Marshall, he's a Thomas philosopher. He's a man of integrity, orthodox, and uh, he's a great icon for any American family. Uh, we both were a few months ago at President Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence to recognize him as the most pro-life president. We gave him the St. Thomas the St. Thomas More Pro-Life Award right. on behalf of America's pro-life Orthodox Catholics. So by running for president, here's what I believe. Taylor Marshall is making, he's going to make the abortion issue front and center. In other words, like you said, Terry, he's forcing the conversation. Yes. I know this is going to make other candidates feel uncomfortable, <laughs> but Taylor understands that world history and salvation or damnation history is hanging in the balance. And he knows, as a theologian, that infanticide is the issue that will decide whether America remains free or America falls into a thousand years of darkness under communism. Yes. Remember that Taylor's a theologian. He's also a man who strives to live in a state of grace. So he knows that the hand of God will fall upon this nation in judgment 
if we don't eradicate child murder. Now, Taylor, he may be a lone voice in the wilderness when it comes to no abortions, period, but it's a voice that's needed today. And Taylor has a lot of courage. Yeah. My, respects, my respects for him. Yeah. He's stepping into the breach. He's stepping into the public square, speaking up for God's rights so that the child killing stops. Now, of course, he has a long hill to climb. He has much money to raise. He has much campaigning to do. And of course, the rhinos will oppose him. Uh, but the more quality candidates that, that run, it's, it's always good. It's, it's always better. The more quality candidates that run, the better for the, the, the country. As they say in economics, competition is good for business. And so in like manner, competition is good in politics. Taylor's an outstanding theologian, an apologist, a Bible teacher. Uh, he's, but, uh, but only time will tell if Taylor can transform into a great Catholic politician. On the other hand, we do know this, Terry. Tell me. That, that Trump is tried and tested. Yeah. He's battle ready. He has a hardened, he is hardened and has a spine of steel. He's walked through the political fire and he, and he set his face like flint. Well, that means he's determined. And people like Taylor, they would be great advisors and influencers for Trump when it comes to the moral teachings of the Catholic Church. That's my take, Terry. I think it's a fair take, and I, I will say this. I just want to quote Pope Pius X, and I say this because he's speaking like the bishop should be speaking right now, Taylor Marshall is, okay? He says, the Holy Father said this, how I tremble to think that souls can be punished for all eternity on the account of negligence of their pastor. Yeah, and I think that's one of the effects we're in is because our pastors have been negligent in preaching the truths, the hard truths of the faith. And some lay people like Taylor Marshall, ourselves, we have to speak those truths. Jess Romero, what state should we be living in, brother? State of sanctifying grace, brother. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. You nailed it. Remember, this is our Esther moment. You were born for such a time as this. Remember this. Yep. We must fight for our church we have until to fight. the second coming of Christ. There's no other option. You know what? We have to. And remember Our Lady of Fatima said that souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. I'm going to pray for President Biden, Nancy Pelosi, everyone I can think of. I want to see them in heaven. I'm going to pray. Let's make that for some sacrifices for that abortionist from yesterday who's been doing abortions for 50 years and loving it. He needs to be repenting of his sin or he's going to hell. Pray for him. Offer your sacrifice in the name of Jesus to help redeem the world. Have a great weekend.